Welcome everybody to the Way of the Blade, the podcast. I'm your host, Phil Schneider, author of Way of the Blade, 100 of the greatest bloody matches in professional wrestling history, and a writer on the Saguna Kaida blog and for The Ringer. I am here with my fellow Saguna Kaidist, uh, Eric Ritz. We're going to do something <laughs> a little different this week. We're going to do a, yeah. uh, our normal uh, method for the, uh, you know, for the pod is to talk about one of the matches in the book, but we're going to do a little bit of a year in review in blood. For 2021, yes. a little... Uh, we're, so we're going to talk about some of the matches that we like the best matches from our um, ongoing match of the year list in Saguna Kaida. Uh, matches that made the top 30 that had a little rat in them. Uh, so that's what we're going to talk about here. You know, maybe, you know, touch on some the the, you know, other themes of the year in red. Uh, there's uh, a couple of matches that, I, you know, I think we didn't... End, we haven't ended up getting to in the review, but we can at least touch on. Um, right. So we had on 29, on our number 29 on our top third uh, ongoing match of the year list, we had uh, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD versus Thunder Rosa from earlier in the year, about uh, March 17th, 2021. Yeah. Can't and, believe it's been a year. Yeah, and this was kind of a start of your, uh, one of your, AEW is a promotion that really has brought blood back to major league professional wrestling, oh, right? I the, mean, that's probably their bit. I mean, that's one of their greatest contributions to modern TV wrestling is the bloody brawl. Like they brought blood back huge to American TV wrestling. Yeah. I mean, there was a period right. where they had like two or three matches, two or three weeks in a row. Like they'd have these like matches <laughs> where people just be bleeding half to death. And you're almost like, Hey, you know, slow it down <laughs> a little bit. It's like one of those great <laughs> American bash cards were like the third match is Manny Fernandez versus Abdul the Butcher. It's like, you know, you're, people are barely in their seats and Manny Fernandez is spraying all over the ring. It got to be a little like that. Um, this was this was like, uh, I don't... Do you think there'd ever been blood in an American... A, blood, a, a bloody woman's match on American television before? I mean, I'm sure there has to be, but I mean, it was what, probably under accidental... What? Yeah, I mean, uh, when, right? I guess Chavs, Aja Kong broke, Chop- broke Chopperito Sari's nose. Oh, yeah, on Raw. <laughs> on Raw. <laughs> oh, my. Classic Vince uh, <laughs> yes, surprise. Like, let's go ahead and get rid of both of these ladies. Oh, that's never making it on Raw again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's had to have happened, but even if it did happen... It never happened anywhere close to what these two did. Yeah. This I mean, is sicko stuff right here. Yeah, you know? it really was. Like a t- I mean, they, you had that tag match. I, was, your, was your Bunny Ty Conti tag match the end of 2021 or the beginning of 2022? Oh, right. That's, that's where Ty Conti looked like uh, Diane Ladd in Wild at Heart. Yes. It's like <laughs> smearing lipstick all over her face. <laughs> like, uh, this blood looked I liked the blood in this a lot better. This yeah. was good, grisly, crimson blood. But it's pretty fucking crazy that they're just having... They just have on, tel- on fucking TNT. They're just going to have two women just cover them, get covered in blood like this. Like it was a, you know, like a dump Matsumoto match from all Japan women or something yeah, I like mean- that. It's wild that we're barely even a decade removed from people talking about how women's MMA makes them squeamish. Like that... The talk online not that long ago was how they didn't like seeing women fighting, let alone women bleeding. 
So we've come a long way in a decade to have multiple bloody women's matches <laughs> on television in a calendar year. It's a good thing. I'm cl- I'm clear women, women first, man. Uh, unclear whether it's a good thing, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, usually the most blood a dentist sees is like somebody that hasn't flossed in five years. Yeah. You know, Baker hits a gusher. I mean, you know, they... they Root canals. Root canals, I think, get pretty bloody. Sure, but um, that's an endodontist. Yeah. Okay, good point. Using <laughs> <laughs> <So, laughs> my stupidest knowledge here. But, uh, you know, I they use thumbtacks in here, and they probably could have gotten away with just bleeding from tacks or weapons. Like, they didn't need to hit big blade jobs, I think. But... I think without the big blade jobs, this match probably doesn't make our match of the year list. No, I, I think as a match, it was fine. It had a big downswell. Thunder Rosa can get a little lost in matches, and, and Baker is... Well, she's a showman. She might not be technically sound, but she's she really has gotten into her character. And she's and really improved. I, I, she was the worst huge. worst part of all those... Eight, what, we would do a bunch of AIW shows pre... You know, if you watch those pre era AEW, I mean, she was always the 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 pits on those shows. Oh god, right. Brick Baker match is gonna stink. Uh, and she's you know <laughs> good. I mean, she's a pretty good wrestler now. I don't know where she was. She's a good good wrestler, great talker. She's honestly one of my favorite people to watch in in AEW now. I mean, it's it's funny like the WWE has such like an insanely stacked women's division. Um, to the point where they have Miko Satamaru, who's maybe one of the 20 greatest wrestlers of all time, just as like every th- seven weeks wrestles on yeah. NXT UK. I mean, I think they've got Asuka sitting and catering. I mean, it's just like, the, you know. They- uh, Asuka's been doing nothing for like six months just because they don't know how to use the person who has literally been usable any way they've tried to use her. Yeah, I mean, so, so. it's like, they're, 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 AEW's women's division is not, like, you know, I don't know, where would Britt Baker, Britt Baker be in on a list of WWE women? 15? I mean, behind Sasha, behind Belair, behind Asuka, behind, <laughs> I think she could crack the top ten. I mean... Are we counting Nico Satamura? Well, I mean, that's one woman, but you get to <laughs> the Natalia's and the Tamina's pretty quick. Yeah. You know, it's a it's a big fed, but uh, there's NXT a lot of in NXT. They also cut a lot of people, which uh, which might move Baker to the list. But yeah, she's she's a major standout in AEW, and this match was like the one. I mean, they should be using footage from this match in Baker promos for the next. Five years. They've got a, you know, uh, this weekend. They've got a rematch this weekend on the uh, big yeah. AEW pay per view. So we will see uh, what they, whether they. I mean, I don't think they're going to do this again. I don't know. I mean, you assume they're going to have blood on the pay per view. I don't. I'm trying to think of what match. Probably Moxley Danielson will have blood. Yeah. Um. Maybe I mean, Jericho Kingston. Oh, I could see Kingston Jericho. I mean, Adam blood, Page. Adam Page bleeds in every match he's in now. So, you know. So Yeah, I, Page I, is a great bloody baby face. I love the baby face who has to bleed. Yeah. So there's probably going to be about seven or eight matches on the pay-per-view with blood. <laughs> every match. Every, you know, <laughs> yeah, every match will be bloody. For some, for some reason, just like Jungle Boy is going to bleed a ton <laughs> in, like, in, that one, in the three-way tag. Uh, 
Um, Luchasaurus will blade. Nobody can see it under his shitty mask. Yeah, it's gonna be great. It's yeah. a blood fed man. Yeah, I gotta. So, uh, I gotta. I'm gonna be like uh, watching that kind of watching, watching, and then like being up hella late writing it because this is gonna be like your. Uh, this is gonna be my like deadline uh, week. So far, I've been able to for, so far I've been able to finish every piece of under the rigor, you know, Sunday at like one or something like that. Uh, but here, you know, that pay per view's not going to end until pretty late, and I probably yeah. I could probably start writing uh, comfortably before the main event. <laughs> you yeah. probably your battle of the atoms. I could probably just assume is it going to be one of the things I'm going to write about? I don't know. You know, I'm trying to do. You my... don't want to write it off. I mean, Cole has been demonstrably better in AEW than he was in NXT, whatever that's worth. But I still don't see it outshining, you know, Kingston Jericho or Moxley Day. You know, never know, but. You kind of know. You kind of know. Um, all right, so we don't said uh, any other thoughts on Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. It's cool that they did this. It's weird that they do this. <laughs> it's really weird. I don't think she needed to go into this many tacks. Like, it's one of the. This match is probably the match that I kept asking, like, why? Why are you doing this? You know, I know why Black Terry uh, punches himself bloody. He's a sicko. Yeah. So I know, uh, but with this, it was, uh, this was kind of a shocking match for me. Yeah. I didn't see them going this far, but, yeah. uh, I, I really like the, uh, the bloody face, uh, lock jaw that, yeah. that, that Baker locked. That's that, a cool spot. That, that was gross. That was gross. In a really That's cool disgusting, way. right? Yeah, it was dope. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, surprisingly gross. <laughs> Alright, so uh, the uh, match, uh, we had listed tw- one ma- one spot above this on our on our ongoing match of the year list. We had a battle of a pair of old school green board favorites. Like, we're yes. going back for these guys. Uh, Tank versus Damian Wayne from a promotion yeah, called baby. TPW. I have no idea what promotion this is. I'm not even sure how I found this match. Uh, I think I found you do uh, daily Google searches on YouTube for Damian Wayne matches. I think I have certainly done a ton of Damian Wayne matches searches. <laughs> I think I didn't know this was coming in. Um, so this was a street fight. I think this was on a, a memorial card from like some guy who died. <laughs> some like you know like <laughs> tennis. Some te- you know I'm sure he's a delightful lovely person like a knoxville tennessee local backyarder or something like that sure um and this is right there kind of your beginning of your tank uh reverend dan uh return reverend dan kayfabe me on on the podcast i did with him when i asked him whether he had any interest in returning to wrestling and he said no and like three weeks later he's out there with the fucking <laughs> with the goat horn staff <laughs> god damn it reverend dan we're trying to have a good pie. We're trying to, you know, be He's you know, gentlemen of man. honor here, you motherfucker. So I love Robert Dan. So this this match is pretty great. I mean, this is kind of it's what you great. want this to be. I don't I th- think it landed on anybody else's match of the year list, but we kind of are expected to have to host Tank versus Damian Wade yeah. on our. Wade looked you know, certain- Wade looked incredible. I mean, for a guy who you know has been great for, but he's one of those guys. You know, probably list of you know a dozen or so guys you just never. You know, never got out of the never got out of the local uh, miners. You know, was, yeah. but but you know, probably. I mean, certainly could have had, had a bunch of different roles over the years in major promotions. And just that you know, the die wasn't cast for him. But he still, you know, yeah. still looked great, looking punches. Still took big bombs. Still had that fucking elbow. Did the second 
best elbow drop in wrestling history behind Savage, probably. Dude, Damian Wayne still breaks out the leg drop to the apron. Yeah. Which is an insane spot. If Hogan fucked up his body doing a leg drop in a ring, what are you doing to it? Have you seen how psychosis looks now? His knees are bowed out like he's got rickets. (laughs) Yeah. And Wayne's still out here on TPW doing Yeah, for can't be more than than $75, right? Like... How much do you think oh, you got yeah. paid for this show? Because maybe maybe he did this. This is a benefit show. Maybe he did it for free. Um, maybe, man. But this is – I love – Reverend Dan is so good. Uh, as I mean, he's always a great manager. But I love his comeback Tank stuff because he's really vocal for uh, – like when Tank starts bleeding, it's because uh, Damian Wayne's stabbing him with a fork. Right. And I remember, and Dan says something like, uh, well, this isn't the only fork Tank's ever felt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's giving me this great dialogue going. And this is one of those great, I love when guys bust themselves open with like, you know, something sharp with a blade. And then they just open the pu- the cut with punches. Yeah. You want to see these two guys punch each other bloody. Yeah, yeah. Not I mean, Wayne's got, w- Wayne's got, yeah, exactly. Wayne, and Wayne's got some of the best punches, you know. Certainly, I mean, punching is a, a dead art in wrestling, and Wade's got some of the best, still, maybe the best. I don't know, who, who would be your contenders for current best punchers? Is there anybody in the WWE throws a good punch? I mean, it's it's tougher because they've gotten away from punches, and then they cut away from people's punches now. There's good punches that show up, but they're really unexpected guys. It's like, oh, that one guy in 2.0 throws a good punch. You know, yeah. <laughs> like you're looking, you're looking pretty far down the card. Nobody throws, uh, you know, a big old Scott Hall right hand like, like several different guys on any given episode of you know Raw or Nitro used to throw. Yeah, so and it's he, all old guys. All the best punchers are all kind of old. Yeah, C.W. Anderson, Pete Preston Quinn, those guys are still around. You know what I mean? They're yeah. they still they still wrestling. So the, and those guys have really great punches. They, there's yeah. a there is Tank, a uh, Tank had this great uh, he did the Kobashi Samoa Joe you know chop punch right. thing here and he was just lacing into Damian Wayne so yeah these old guys that grew up in punching territories can still punch really well yeah I'd like to see I, I'd like to see Tank do have more stuff like this he's really kind of leaned into his comeback doing you know uh, ICW no holds barred like lots of light tubes stuff. And uh, you know we don't really none of these matches are that, and those that no. kind of stuff for them. I, mean, I guess one of them is one of them definitely is, but all the other <laughs> ones are not. And that kind of stuff, I don't know. For the most part, it's all it's always a kind of a step below for me. Usually, like yeah, it's, been, it's been better if they hadn't done all that shit a lot of the time. Light tubes are are, are kind of, are tough for me too, just because they are hard. Like getting hit with a light tube, it hurts, but they get used so much that you know it's like if everybody was shoot punching each other in the face every match of the card it would be cool but you know there's a lot it's a lot of diminishing returns yeah i agree i i have like there's some of the stuff i kind of like but a lot of it i'm just kind of kind of there's just for that uh it, it's the uh that's maybe it's weird. I wrote a whole book. I've got a podcast about wrestling, but like those just hit each other with a million light tube stuff. It kind of doesn't. I like a beer bottle. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like I'm against glass, but it just feels very performative. Like, oh, now I'm getting the thing of light tubes that I have underneath the ring, and 
don't know. Just there's there's something much more artful about concealing a blade job than there is about just openly bashing a guy in the forehead with glass. Yeah. You know, there's we're long removed from the the days of creative blade jobs. Guys that you know, a psycho like Jimmy Snuka used to do blade jobs while running into a spot. I personally can't imagine doing a blade job with the best set of circumstances, but doing my blade job during a sprint to get it out of the way before the spot, that's insanity. That's that's just a next level insanity than exchanging light tube shots. The to- absolutely the single craziest thing Jimmy Snuka ever did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nothing else compares. Nothing else. Nothing else compares. That's it. <laughs> that's the thing he did. That crazy guy. What a nut. What are you, what are you, what are you doing, Jimmy Stucker? You're crazy. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, these these old dudes, you got to appreciate the punchers now. There's still, I'm sure there's guys that are capable of doing punches. You know, Eddie Kingston throws big punches. John Moxley can throw a punch. The guys that, but again, these guys are all late 30s, early 40s. Yeah. So, it's a drag. There's There's guys that work stiff in WWE, but not a ton of guys that I think of throwing big punches or a nice yeah. worked punch. Uh, you know who's got a pretty good one is your uh, boy Ilya Dragunov. Dragunov can throw a nice punch. Yeah, nice punch. Can, he has a lot of stiff offense. Yeah. That uh, You know, I mean, if we're talking best punch of last year, I don't even think he's still on the roster anymore. <laughs> Again, though, it's another guy that's from this exact same territory that Tank and Damian Wayne ran through, but Jackson Riker could throw a punch. Yeah. Nobody likes Jackson Riker. He's he's got control uh, control your narrative written all over him, right? <laughs> right? Like I don't know when he's going to get the big announcement for that. You know, I mean, so we're probably for best current puncher in WWF. It sounds crazy, but it's probably like like Robert Roode. Yeah, Robert Roode has a nice punch. Yeah, or, or, or is there some guys? This a British guy. Some of those British guys isn't. Uh, what's his face? Uh, Trent Seven have a pretty good looking punch. Sure, you know yeah. I'm a big Wolfgang guy. Yeah, Wolfgang's it's, it's, cool, but I mean, geez, I bet I could tell a zillion people that Wolfgang throws a nice punch, and nobody will have any idea that Wolfgang is a member of the. Who the fuck are you talking about, dude? Reference. Nobody knows that guy. And that's the cool thing about NXT UK. It's just like they got like. 25 guys in the WWE roster. It's like a, like I was, I, I watched uh, last week's NXT UK because I was looking for like a WWE match for the column uh, I do on the ringer.com, uh, one of America's premier sports websites and culture, sports and culture, both of them. I haven't heard of it. Um, so, and uh, I was watching like a tag. Uh, it was Trent Seven and uh, who's his partner? Do they got mustaches? Bait. Tyler Bate. Bate. And it was like against two black guys. I was like, I have no fucking idea who these guys are. No clue. <laughs> They're pretty good. It was a good match. I almost wrote it up. And I was like, uh, but I uh, but I was like, I next week I guess the next week of NXT UK, it's is Dragunov uh versus um Ben Carter, whatever his new gimmick is, the guy the guy who like worked a bunch of Southern Indies and they got signed and sent to NXT UK. Right. Uh and I figured, oh that's probably gonna be pretty good. I'll write that up next week. And I can't. I can't, uh, you know, I can't keep turning it in where it's just NXT UK. <laughs> like, like, again, I gotta, like, 
I gotta play. So if Bianca Belair is a good match on Raw, it's like I'm gonna write about that. That's gonna be a. Ch- I mean, I also and also my column was turning a bit of a sausage party too. I got like four, like three weeks, no women at all. And it's like oh, I can't. I gotta find. And then you gotta find and some then ladies. You saw there was a dew drop match, and so it's like she's an NXT UK alumnus. That's true. So at least at least I could shout out the uh, shout out. Uh, Royal Albert Hall or whatever the uh, place they run next to you. I mean, I am someone who's already devoted a stupid enough amount of time looking for NXT UK gems, which is the least desirable dregs to go through. Do you think that's a... I think that's our lowest rated feature on the podcast. I think that is easily my least favorite. The least view For a long time, the least read, I was pretty sure my Ludwig Borga feature, I'm pretty sure, was the least viewed. And then once I started uh, digging around for NXT UK gems, I think that is hands down the least popular feature. Somebody, you got to do the work, man. Somebody's putting it in. There's been some great stuff. Uh, you know, a bunch of sex pests having good matches, so that's mm-hmm. always uh, rewarding to write about. Sure, you know, well, but I, I imagine uh, control your narrative over it. Well, they'll, they'll, they'll open their own UK branch. <laughs> Cynuk. Cynuk. Yeah, I'll get all these guys. If they get, Travis what? Banks and our boy Jack Gallagher, that was kind of a bu- that's a, the most bummer of the sex pests. Was like, oh man, that guy was awesome. Oh well, bye bye. Yeah, Gallagher did that did that pesky thing of actually immediately going, yeah, I did that. Whereas everybody else went, no. <laughs> yeah. so, so they at least got to hold some of those guys. The, the the not as bad offenders they got to keep, but since Gallagher Gallagher kind of did the thing where, uh, like Jamie Noble admitted he he got an infection from a steroids needle. Yeah, it's like well you don't say it, so it's like yeah Jack you don't say it. I mean has Jack wrestled anywhere since? I don't I don't I do not believe so. I mean it's certainly oh. possible, but he's oh, he's so. not showed up at IWRG like uh, Travis Banks. <laughs> no. And yeah, CYNUK could probably. I'm, I'm sure Marty Skrull's wrestling in like Bosnia or something. Yeah, totally. They could bring him in. CYNUK? Are you kidding me? Man, this, this, is a, this is a boon for the, well, for gotta, the, gotta, the overseas nonsense. I got here. a fucking Tex EC3. Yeah, man. <laughs> let him know, let maybe him. you can. Maybe we can chip in and pay a hundred bucks to talk to propose this idea in the rant room. <laughs> yeah, that's right, guys. I don't want to rant to any of you. I just want to tell you about my great idea of doing an entire uh, uh, psychos and sex pest promotion in Britain. <laughs> yeah, I think we can we can pool this and really get it's a it's like a. Little I mean, sh- and the other thing, it feels like I mean, Osprey's going to get there, right? Oh, like you yeah, have man. a place for him to land when he burns whatever the bridges he's going to burn to. <laughs> you just prep it for him, like well, you know, we're just. We're, Waiting for Well here. We're just going to go ahead and create this promotion and wait for Well. Yeah. <laughs> Waiting on Osprey. Yeah, there we go. I like um, it. Um, yeah. uh, all right. Uh, let's talk. Well, we move for the. We, we, these are sort of at the bottom of the 30, these two matches. And then we get a, a, our list has a lot of uh, bloodless stuff for a while here. A lot of kind of, you know. Um, you know, blood sport with those matches don't usually have blood in them, it's like the name, and you know, like a bunch of other things. Uh, because our next bloody match is uh, all the way up at number nine on the list, yeah. And like half, this was a great, this is a, this is a great top 10. 
Oh, our top ten is strong. I mean, for like for if you, uh, if you look back on, I mean, it's a, do we not have as many matches on twenty twenty one as we had on previous lists? But I think this top you put his top ten against any year that we've been doing this. I mean, these matches are all great. I yes. mean, all of these could have been a number one, and I would have been fine with it. All ten of these. Um, yeah, you. This is one of those years where every time there was a match like this, you would see it and immediately go like, "This might be the new number one." Yeah. And then it gets to like, I mean, even if you look outside of our top ten, you know, like there's, there's a lot of really good stuff, pretty, uh, you know, into the teens. Sure. But I mean, top, Bruce, Santi, Justin, Kyle is all the way down to thirteen. Yeah. That's just, I mean, fucking and, awesome. That much doesn't have one. I, I was kind of surprised. Kind of surprised. It was just two big fucking, you know, jacked up dudes, you know, shoot punching at each other in their head. It, it's probably suspect to that either of those guys might could control your control their own narratives as well. I think I'm sure Bruce Sandy could. I, I'm pretty sure that's a guy who who's worn Let's Go Brandon T-shirts into matches. I, it's no doubt that at least one, probably both of those guys, would fit in on control your narrative. But I don't think they have like control or care about their narrative. I, so I, th- I kind of I mean, Bruce. Feels like Bruce Santy versus Braun Strowman actually pretty good. I'm like I'm not oh. going to watch a lot of Control Your Nails. I mean, I, I bet it would kick ass. I would want to see that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to hang out and talk to any of these guys, but I'd like to see them hit each other in the face. Sure, whatever. It's like wrestlers have terrible politics. Is that a is that a shock? Yeah. What would you expect? <laughs> yeah. <What would> ex- <laughs> I I can't believe there aren't more people on control your narrative. No, it's honestly. just started, man. Who knows how that how that's what that's gonna <laughs> I mean it feel it feels like I mean it feels like Loki's. Oh he's I mean, it's any day now, right? Loki's gonna be on there. But fuck it. I mean Loki's Loki. Yeah. What a god. Loki um, rules. So match number nine, we had Mickey Knuckles versus Akira from some kind of some promotion called Asylum Wrestling Revolution. This is, as you said, one of those matches. Even though it's our number nine, like, if you said, no, I want this as our number one, I don't think I would have thought it that much because, god damn, this is a fight. Yeah, it's so good. I, it, Mickey Knuckles just kind of reappearing and being on a f- F ton of cards, you know, like wrestling on, on, like, unavailable on video almost every week. I mean, it's pretty yeah. great. That was one of the great things, great... You know, uh, 2021 thing is all of a sudden Mickey Knuckles is like back in our lives. Um, and I didn't realize how much I missed Mickey Knuckles wrestling until we got to see a ton of new Mickey Knuckles wrestling. Yeah, she's Uh, so good. And this is this is this is intense and a very, very stiff and very kind of he does it, even though this is the match, it's got tubes and Michigas and all the whole thing. It, it they keep like after each other in a yeah. way that there's not like a long setup section where they set a bunch of shit up and then somebody falls through some shit. I mean, they're just coming at each other the whole time. I mean, this really felt like you know, our you know, one of your classics in the book, Black Terry Wotan. Yeah, you know, this wasn't in a junkyard, but. That wasn't in a junkyard either. That was that was. Oh, a, that was yeah. They went over to the rocks we'll, on, at, at uh, yeah. Coacalco. We'll talk about a junkyard in yeah, a bit. We'll get to junkyard shortly. We'll get to some junkyards. Uh, but I really hate uh, 
a modern spot that shows up a lot now where two people pull up a chair and sit in across from each other and hit each other. And it almost always looks like shit. Like it's like the it's a sitting man's uh, stand and trade. Yeah, and, it's, it's it's a bar fight spot uh, for folks here, that are interested in the bar fight spot. Uh, Necro Butcher on a pre- on a on a wa- uh, previous wave of the blade uh, d- discusses exactly how he invented that. Uh, I don't know if you you've listened to that uh, podcast uh, yet, Eric, but you should. It's Necro Butcher, and he talks about the bar fight spot. And he says, you know, people do that all the time now. I invented it. It's my spot, and everybody nobody can do it good. I was like, yeah. There's only and I actually said on the podcast, there's only only one other person I've ever seen do a bar spot uh, fight spot and make it look good, and that's Mickey Knuckles. Yep. Uh, this, so I, this I, is the match. This, this this is the it always looked great when Necro did it. I mean, you know, like the Necro version of that is all, was always awesome. Yeah. And uh, um, and I think he did the story of the Necro told in the pod was that he's wrestling a guy who used to big time him in Texas Indies and somehow mm. ended up in IW in Mid South. Um, like in you know he was like, oh, you know this guy? Do you want to work him? And he's like, sure. So I'm gonna you know like I'm just gonna fucking beat this guy so bad, and then I'm just going to sit down and do it. <laughs> it's kind of like a fuck you to this guy who was wrestling. Like, how he came up with the spot. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna, I don't like this guy. I'm just going to fucking sit on a chair and kick his ass. Um, great. Uh, so I thought, and then, you know, obviously he did that a lot, and then it became a thing that everybody does, and you're right, it almost always looked bad, and it looked great in this match, and Mickey's like the one who can do it. Dude, Mickey, Justin Kyle, or, uh, sorry, uh, Akira hits her like so hard with a seated uppercut. The thing with these seated punch outs is it's all guys throwing with their arms and you can't get any great body movement. You know, the best punchers like Lawler, Eaton, those guys, it's a full body thing. Sure. You, you know, it's a, it, it's a full form. You got the legs in there. And when you're just seated, it is all, <laughs> all arm. And it's tough to really... You know, it's like throwing a baseball from a seated position versus off a pitching mound. It's, it's way de- way tougher. But Akira gets so much velocity with a seated uppercut. Like, he just flies at her with the uppercut. And Mickey turns it into a sitting-in-a-chair triangle. Yeah, <laughs> it's so incredible. It's like, oh, I'm gonna, I, gotta, I gotta hit pretty hard. Let me pull guard here in the middle of this fucking death match. Pull guard on this chair, sitting-in-a-metal-chair. Yeah. Akira's a weird guy in the sense that he's he's on this he's on our list twice and he's also in like some of the worst fucking matches I've seen last year like this guy he's got he's got the whitest breath there's some absolutely atrocious Akira matches uh, and, but he's on here twice and you know this is deservedly incredible. so Deserve, oh yeah I mean both those matches uh, both the matches he has a match against Hoodfoot in the UWFI PVW's thing's great too Oh, yeah. And, you know, and then he's got some of the matches on and the PBW stuff. They were like, claw my eyes out bad. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> but, he's so, but he's so great in the great stuff that it's like, oh, you got to come back and keep watching. Anytime he's against a, a, an opponent like Hoodfoot or Mickey, like, there's a chance. There's a chance. And like, hey, like you know what I mean? Well, go ahead and, you know, take take swings, man. I'd rather somebody be have, be have in two incredible matches a bunch of shitty ones than a bunch of things I don't care about, right? Sure. Yeah. I mean, this is a Mickey match. He's good in this, Akira. Dude, you this know. is... It, he is... It, yeah, it's not like a Mickey carry job. They have yeah. a great... Uh, just 
it's just a great com- chemistry. Yeah. And I guess I'm kind of happy I don't have a chemistry with somebody that just punches me in my teeth. Yeah, or throws like a TV in the back of my head. Is this the one where Mickey gets like her whole ass and thigh chewed up by uh, like gusset plates? Yeah, and oh. I usually hate hate stuff like that, but it's like I, for this match in this fucking filthy bar somewhere. Really yeah. is it? Really is like a real. And then they fight in like the street, and just the whole neighborhood looks like shit. <laughs> this is when we watched this because this was this was like earlier in the in the year, right? This was also right Mar- around March the same 28th. time. Britt Baker. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but this is until we got to a match that's coming up uh, and was our number one. This match was my favorite punch out. Yeah. Of the year. So this match had was basically my favorite punching match for nine months of the year. Yeah. Until uh, until Terry came out with a banger. I mean, too, but. Uh, yeah. uh, we were talking oh, about, sure, the Marvin. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking about Black Terry twice in this podcast. Weird. Uh, uh, who would have thought? Fucking yeah. Black Terry. But I mean, who would have thought? Okay, we'll get to Black Terry in a bit. I mean, yeah. we're joking. Who would have thought? But there is a mitigating circumstance that makes his performances in 2021 so fucking incredible. Um, yeah. I, he was a, a match where I, I also, you know, they had light tubes and. It's like you gotta you just hit him with the you got a flat screen TV that's good glass that like works way better for me than any of the light tubes I could have done without the light tubes yeah uh, because I mean that was the those were the most set up and the least like fist fighty parts of the match and you know the part of this match was awesome was where they were really just you know trying to beat each other to death yeah I I prefer that they uh, you know I I like yeah like you said light up spot, spots I can never tell which ones I'm going to like sometimes they're integrated really well other times it feels like everything grinds to a total halt while they right. just hit each other with spots right maybe it was because maybe it's all just because knocked up killed the light tube spot by just having Seth Rogan taking light tube shots to his khakis yeah <laughs> can't look at them the same I don't know but I liked how they used them in, in the Mickey Akira match. I like how it was more as stunt shots and they kept the punching to the punching. So, but I don't think they needed it either. They did enough violent shit without weapons that <laughs> yeah. the, the brawling would have stood on its or, own. Or the weapons that were much more like, I'm going to pick this thing off the ground and just kind of fling it at your head. Less than I'm going to set up a bunch of light tubes and try to body slam you through them or whatever. Mickey had this incredible 2021 run as basically like a backyard barbecue fighter. Just like literally fighting in people's backyards around a fire pit. Yeah, he had a great, <laughs> great Sarah. Match against a completely untrained girl where, you know, look like a look yeah. like the, the, something's gone very, very wrong at this house party. It's yeah. kind of how that match ended up looking. Uh, but yeah, Mickey's great. She had a, a you know, a very she had a, a really good a couple really good matches in twenty twenty two which I need to write up but a very pretty good match against Masha Slamovich and had a had a, a Puestas match against Sonica which is pretty good too um, not as good as you want it to be because you want it to be the best thing you've ever seen and it wasn't that but it was good. This is a hell of a feather in the cap. The Mickey Akira match is for both of them. I think Mickey's got some great stuff. And we've been we've been Knuckles fans since you know IWA Mid South, right? So, but her her comeback and uh, I, I just love how she's getting more and more gigs now, as her forehead gets more and more gigged. 
yeah. it's, it's a nice thing to see. Yeah, good, good, good for her. Good she's for her shit, and she's coming out like it's it's a nice story. Yeah, she's coming out, she's doing sicko stuff. I love watching Mickey. Yeah, she rules. Yeah, uh, I think I think Jr. is doing like a writing like a big Mickey zine. Uh, oh hell yeah! So it's excited, excited to read that. Our buddy Jr. writes good Gaeta. Been on this podcast a bunch of times. Is doing a Mickey zine. Uh, it's going to be well worth getting when it comes out. I'll you know I'll hype that on the socials. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, so let's talk about our guy here. Let's do uh, it. <laughs> uh, so the m- number uh, four batch on this list, which was number one for a while and could have fit it and finished number one, it would have been happy with it at number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ricky uh, Black Terry versus Ricky Marvin. Um, and, you know, I Black Terry obviously is, you know, I don't know. See, the guy with the greatest brawls that exist on tape if any wrestler ever he's, Man, he's right i mean uh, of the last 20 years yes i mean of those three years 100 percent, right and it's like the question is where does he stand against you know i don't know buzz sawyer funk. or funk or i mean you know, he's in the it's in the it's not a ridiculous thing no and, you know, the thing about black terry is we don't have any black terry matches you know i don't we have hardly anything in his 30s or 40s, nothing no. is 20s. No, yeah, nothing back from the 70s and 80s. Some stuff, you know, in the 90s when he was under a mask. And then again, another dry period from the 2000s, basically. So we have a lot of old, old man Terry. And, you know, Lucha kind of gifts us with that where you find a random guy like Toro Bill. And who's already 55 and still looks incredible. So it's like, well, too bad we're never seeing any of this 20s through 40s Toro Bill. And so we're probably never going to see, quote, prime Terry. But, you know, maybe it's a case like prime Negro Navarro, where old Negro Navarro is cooler than, you know, missionarios. Yeah, I mean, I mean we don't Navarro. have, you know, my, my first, I, you know, I've been doing a Black Terry complete and accurate for many years now. And I, Maybe my first Black Terry epic uh, does it. Uh, that doesn't happen until 2004. There you go. I, you know, not, <laughs> we've got got some stuff from the 80s and I, from the 90s. Uh, yeah. But you know, those are all kind of oh, it's fine. You know, it's in the six man tag. He's pretty good. And that 2004 batch is like a is like a uh, like a like a um, Maestro's match with like viano three and blue panther and chino guerrero which is not a not what you not what we're talking about here yeah right and you don't start <laughs> the stuff we're talking about until 2007 yeah i mean his it's very possible that he just didn't do very many apuestas matches i mean he lost a mask to he's lost his, i think he either lost a mask or lost his hair to santa I'm sure that's pretty, oh. I'm sure that's pretty fucking good. Oh man, that was <laughs> you know that. I mean, I've seen so many great Santo matches against workers that were not Black Terry. Yeah. So I have to assume that one was was incredible. So I mean, the crazy thing is, we had this period in 2010, 2011 IWRG, right, where he was the best wrestler in the world, and um. And, you know, if you read reviews of stuff I've written from then, they're all about, like, oh, man, Black Terry's so amazing as, as you know, William Money and Unforgiven being pulled off the, the uh, pulled off his uh, homestead for one last gunfight. Yeah. And then that was, like, that was, like, fucking 10 years ago, 
12 years ago, right? <laughs> like, he's, you know, and he's, he had all this period-like stuff, like, in 2016, you know, uh, 2017, you know, the Wotan match, mm-hmm. and, the, and the, you know, and the match against Arrow Boy, and Bar- uh, Barbaro Cavaniero, that's all 2016. Uh, yeah, well, 2017, was, and that, so that was you know five years ago, and then you're really not not anything, you know, not much, and I don't have very much anything past 2017 really that I rate particularly high. There was some stuff. It was he looked kind of thought the idea was he was kind of done, and then he yeah. comes into 2021 and he's got you know two matches in the top five of, of a match of the year list, and he's 60. Eight years old in this match. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a time where we we all have our favorites, and you and I like a lot more old guys uh, in wrestling in general. And you know, I remember la- a couple of years ago when when it was one of those like, ah, oh, well, it looks like Blue Panthers fine, you know, things have finally caught up to Blue Panther. You know, th- it happens, right? Right. Eventually, Dustin Rhodes is going to not wrestle like Dustin Rhodes. You know, these guys all have to age out eventually. But Black Terry somehow is like, you and I were big fans of Final Days uh, Masawa, which is another Bill Money. Like, right. oh, I got to come back out and defend my title against fucking Morishima, who's going to wreck me. Guy, Masawa just sitting in the front row, like, breathing hard, yeah. willing himself back up. But... I don't think Masawa, uh, without the tragedy, would have then come back in 2017 and been. You yeah, know, well, just... Okay, I mean, Masawa died when he was 46. Yes. So he died when he was, you know, 22 years younger than Black Terry is now. 23 years younger than Black Terry was now. Yeah. Um, it's probably safe to say that Masawa's body took a lot more damage. <laughs> Is it that safe to say? I mean, what what was what was? I mean, sure, but what the hell was Ricky Marvin doing with this match? I mean, he was spin kicking old, him, old man. He was spin kicking him right in his heart. Yeah, Black Terry. So one of the big strengths about like the Wotan match and the Arrow Boy match is, you know, Black Terry's kind of this vicious Fujiwara like old man. Right. You know, this aggressive old dude. This is the big Terry as, a, you know, a sympathetic old man. Right. Who you, do, who you are, do, do not want to see take any more of a beating. You know, usually it's like Terry controlling the brawl. This right. was Terry uh, getting a brawl brought to him. Because Marvin's just an asshole. Yeah, and Mar- Marvin said a cool, like, you know... Another one of those guys who obviously hit was this one of the most spectacular flyer in the world when he was in his twenties, and has like has having a cool forties. He's like a chubby forties guy now, yeah, who, can, who can still break off impressive athletic stuff. Not not like his two thousands, where like you said, was just spectacular. Yeah, flyer. Uh, one of the smoothest, most impressive guys ever. He's a different guy now, but he's. Maybe cooler now? Uh, yeah, I think cooler. Sure. Like, kind of fat. Pretty cool dude now. I mean, he kind of wrestles like Negro, Negro Casas wrestled like 15 years ago. Yeah. I mean, he's not Negro Casas. I mean, nobody is, ever. <laughs> right? But he's he's got that kind of vibe to him. It's a cool vibe. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think Marvin's had a really nice renaissance here. 
Well, that's a kind of a repeating thre- uh, thread of this show. Is the guy, <laughs> people in their little renaissance. Yeah. yeah. This is a... This violent, is, you know. Yeah, this, is, this is Terry's third, fifth or seventh renaissance, right? Oh, my God. What a lunatic... Who is this guy? Because like you said, two or three years ago, it was getting to the point where he wasn't really moving that great. You know, it, the writing seemed on the wall. Once you're like, oh, well, 65 years old. How how much longer is he? Had to catch up a vent. There's a thread on a Pro Wrestling Only, which is a message board, you know, that where they're doing kind of a, um, uh, they're doing an ongoing kind of greatest wrestlers ever poll. They've been doing it for yeah. a while. And there's a Black Terry you know, section in there where they're talking about Black Terry. And uh, our friend of Tiny Jack goes, oh, you know, I this is about three years ago, uh, two years ago, or is, uh, three years ago. He goes, oh, I don't know, you know, Terry, we talk, he had these amazing matches, but he doesn't doesn't feel like his candidacy feels a little stale. And I'm like, what are we criticizing this guy? He's not having great matches at 65 years old. Like, yeah, his last <laughs> great match when he was 63. He's not having great matches when he's 68. I have this whole thing. I'm like, this is a stupid fucking argument. He's a very, very old man. So the fact he's not having great matches. And then he, like, corks out two of the top five matches in the fucking 2021 at 68, 69 years old. It's, like, unbelievable. Like, how, how is that possible? Like, hey, what a fucking God. I mean, what a, what a pleasure it is to be in a world where he exists as a person. Right. I mean, he needs to have one more because I gotta write, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do, I gotta write a thousand words on Black Terry in the ringer. Like well, if I don't yeah, know how Black long Terry this gig is gonna last, a, a ringer appearance. But he's right? got to right. Like I gotta have one. I gotta have one more. My man Grigo Logo's gotta book him on the fucking right Mania Weekend show or something. I, I need one more, one more iconic Terry performance just so I can you know talk way 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 too much about how great he is and how much I love him because he's so great. And I love him so much and this is such a great match. I mean we didn't talk about Ricky Marvin taking a fucking uh, tope egg straight th- into a like a um, uh, a wooden crate and just obliterating oh, it. Yeah. So crazy looking. And you know, like I said, we're talking about weapon spots. That really kind of comes out of nowhere and really feels super organic. And it's like, oh, shit. Well, like, so you talk about these Black Terry brawls, and it makes it sound like it's nothing but guys punching each other. And that's great. But I love, in this one, some of the other creative bits of violence. More like Fit Finley just kind of. There's a spot where Marvin is just shoving uh, Black Terry's head into a ring post, like just pressing his head as hard as he could. And it looks like Terry's head is changing shape as Marvin is just, <laughs> it looks so violent. And it's not even punching. It's literally just anytime they gripped each other in this match, it just looked like punishing. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to do another callback to another one of my older podcast episodes when I had on Gringo Loco. Uh, talking about a 2010 match he had with Terry. And one of the things that he talked about is how t- when you're in the ring with Terry, he was always pressing you. Like if he saw That's that, cool. if he saw that you weren't, you know, you were taking a breather or whatever, he'd walk over and fucking hit you as hard as he can. And, you know, he'd be like one of those guys who was ring generaling a six man tag by finding a moment where somebody was, you know, taking taking a moment of pause and getting yeah. back into it, and making you feel. You, if you threw a seventy five percent shot at Terry, he was coming back with you with a one one fifteen percent shot to make sure that you knew what was going. You know, or getting into it, right? Like, uh, so you know, maybe the fact that you know Marvin was killing him in this match that, that might have been Terry. 
They hit yeah, me I harder, mean, motherfucker. Let's go. I mean, I'm not. I mentioned I mentioned Finley, but if you watch '90s Finley matches, that is a thing that he does. If a guy is taking too long to get up off the mat to get back into things, he'll just stomp on their hand. You yeah. know, he is always thinking of something to keep things moving along. So it's crazy to think of a 68 year old pushing the pace. Yeah, I mean that was obviously mat. that was when he was 58. <laughs> 57 yeah. or something but I, you know I think you watch this match and the match we're going to talk about our number one match of 2021 in a, in a little bit and you know you can tell that he's the guy who's in there and like no we're not this isn't going to be we're, this is nothing going to be slow about this this is going to be intense the entire time and we're going to you know go we're going to push you pick you up full court this is a pick up basketball game right press uh, the whole time it's just incredible that a match like Marvin and Terry on paper sounds like it's going to be great. But even us who love old guys, there has to be a time when you're going, all right, now I'm not expecting this to be one of the greatest matches of the decade. But and it's crazy that it's still happening. Yeah, He's still doing it. He's still doing it. This guy, this guy, again, as we'll talk about in a bit. He's somehow still in the best match of the year. Yep, still. 2021. 68. My dad is 71. He hates walking. Sure. My dad hates going on walks. He has to get forced by my mom, you know? He's not. Oh, my God. It's awful. I can't picture my dad any kind of punch out with somebody, let alone with somebody stabbing him with a broken box crate. Yeah. Unfucking believable. Unreal, right? Yeah. All right, let's talk about our number two match. Um, uh, CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston from AEW All-In November uh, uh, 13th of the year. Yeah. I... Well, so we we went back and forth on this. I I thought it was my, it was going to be my number one of the year up until yeah. the number one of the year happened, and then it wasn't an argument anymore. I thought this yeah. was great. I thought this was the best AEW match ever. Um, and I, you know, just it was a perfect feud. Both these guys were at their like absolute apexes. Kingston had a hell of a 2021. Punk did too. Oh. I mean, both these guys. Punk what did a- great. I mean, better. It, I, I sound like a broken record saying something's better than expected, but if I don't think anybody could have reasonably expected Punk to be this good yeah. when he came back, right? I, mean, I, think, but, I, I think by far, I think this is the most I've ever enjoyed him in the ring. This guy, yeah, liked. his execution. He's never been an execution guy. Yeah, and this is the most execution punk that we've got yeah. and it's great it's like his total uh you know it's like now he's pulling from different uh resources you know back in the 2000s uh he's he was watching different tapes getting getting inspired by shitty kenta matches instead of much better structured bret hart matches right and he came back i'd said earlier during the the brit baker thunder rosa talk that Maybe the best AEW contribution last year was bringing blood back to TV. But realistically, it's probably giving Eddie Kingston a contract yeah. and putting him on TV a lot. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it took a minute for them to figure out what to do with them, but they figured it out. Yeah, it was one of those things where after his debut was such a lightning in a bottle moment that you could tell they didn't quite know what to do with him. But you could tell that they wanted to do it with him. Right. And 
by the end of it. I mean, I Kingston is one of the only guys in wrestling that gets like a fully organic kayfabe reaction from me. Yeah. I just want to see him win. Yeah, me too. It's, I mean, I almost like everybody else I really don't care about as a character. I pretty much just want to see if they put together a good match. Kingston is the perfect combination of I love all of his matches and I just want to root for him. Yeah. And this was a great rooting for Kingston match. Yeah, I mean it was I I mean, it was, I guess, technically face versus face, right? Usually those matches aren't this. This is like two no. guys with points. They both had a point. And, yeah. and, <laughs> and you know what I mean? It's like this is an, an argument between two guys. And, you know, they look, they, they're, they're making some good points. And they're going to, they, you know, you could just tell that. I mean, I don't know how much of the of Kingston being big timed by CM Punk and an IWM itself. Uh, locker room in 2005, 2006, whatever it had been, uh, was legitimate or not, but he, cert- he certainly bought it when he said it. Yeah, Kingston makes you buy it. And a super impressive thing about this, besides it just being a great match, is that, like you said, babyface versus babyface, usually they are not this, and honestly, usually they are not great. It's tough to do heel versus heel and babyface versus babyface. It's difficult. And so I was expecting a full AEW crowd, given, you know, the both these guys kind of chance throughout. And Punk went out and drew actual booze. Yeah. Punk was able to get an actual heel reaction in this match. It It was just really impressive how both of these guys worked it. I mean, he Punk knew how to... He knew how to get heat just by choosing his spots. His timing was great. He knew exactly when to peak things. And, I mean, Kingston is, it's in his blood, man. He knows how to time comebacks. He knows how to do that, right? Yeah, he's the That's best. That's what makes him so easy to root for. I don't know. Top five seller in wrestling history. Oh, I, his selling is beautiful. Easily the best seller in wrestling today. Oh, yeah. I, I, Top five all time. Who knows? It sounds great. He's been doing it long enough, but his selling over just the last decade alone is so unparalleled in modern wrestling. It is so much more than just, oh, I got to limp around the ring. Oh, it's the way he falls, the way he doesn't just take the same flat back bumps. He's such a great staggerer. He's, <laughs> you know, the way he sells nerve, like just nerve pain. Like, I get it. You know, if you hold your telephone wrong and your neck is fucked up for three days, you know, we're guys in our 40s now. That's been happening for over a decade now. Yeah. I mean, I I just played played two hours of full court basketball. Pick up basketball, (laughs) man. I can't, like, move any part of my body right now. I'm sitting on the couch (laughs) doing this podcast and everything hurts. (laughs) The most I've been watching Phil's camera, the most I've seen him move this whole podcast is reaching over to, to grab, like, a soda. Yeah, I'm, I saw you grab a soda once, and even that looked uh, laborious. I'm very sore. I am too yeah. old to be doing this. Um, <laughs> we got stairs in my house too, so it's like I had to go up. I, I had to go down two flights of stairs to come down to do this podcast. We have to go back up two flights. Of stairs. It's a fucking nightmare. I am <laughs> very old and very fat and very tired. Uh, yeah, I'd like what. You're bringing um, back those early, like late '90s, early 2000s fat NBA guys. Yeah, exactly. You're you're carrying on the torch. Yeah. I'd love to see your. Ju- Do you have like a triple-breasted suit? 
<laughs> I used to have some pretty good in like the nineties I had some pretty night pretty good NBA draft suits. Oh, I mean you're you're right next to Oakland, man. You probably yeah. went to the, the clothing broker. Oh yeah, I've definitely been to some I, I <laughs> I've I've seen some suits uh, where it's like you go to I I went with my, one of my clo- uh, best friends uh, of uh, growing up and current best friends this guy uh, Ron and I went with him one time he was having like a as an African American gentleman we were having he was having a, like a, it was like a credit office Christmas party or something like that so we went to one of those suits places and it's like there's that's like the side gig of every um, like iconic. A deaf kit jam comedian has a suit line. So like Earthquake's got a suit line. Bruce Bruce has a suit line. <laughs> Earthquake suit line. <laughs> Again, it's like all of them. So good. It's like, oh, this is Earthquake. That's a nice vest. <laughs> Earthquake vest with matching like Trilby. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Are you going to get these, this pair of Cedric the Entertainer shoes? They're nice. <laughs> How much of the store is taken up by clearance rack Steve Harvey? Collection? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of Steve Harvey. There are a lot of buttons at that store. There were a ton of buttons. So it's many a buttons. Real 2001 draft day kind of shit. Oh, I'm awesome. curious about the Alonzo Baden collection. Do you guys have something in a Baden? <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> oh, that's good. I need to see some. I love the old Phil photos because you're also frowning in all of them right well i didn't smile smile in photos now but i probably didn't smile in a photo until i was i don't know 33 look man like fucking you know i got a beer in my pocket so i uh, practice looking hard man i got look that's how how it goes (laughs) every every photo in your folks place is just you scowling (laughs) glaring at the camera sure so now i'm picturing you glaring wearing like a Wearing like a huge mustard suit. <laughs> oh man, I want it. <laughs> I'm smiling. You know, now I'm a smiling dude, man. I'm, 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 I'm cheesing it up. Every picture you see with my kids, I'm smiling. But that is that is a relatively recent development. That is, how, <laughs> that is not the way that we. You look at it. Yeah, you, not the way the school pictures were for sure. <laughs> you play. I mean, you played with you played football and rugby with a bunch of tough islanders, right? Yeah. So. You gotta look hard. Yeah, sure. Tough I Al- get it. Tough Islanders and, and guys in the Nation of Islam, or not even in the Nation of Islam. They were all guys in like a Nation of Islam subset that broke from the Nation of Islam because they were even more violent and crazy. Did they uh, work at that weird bakery? Yeah, they were. Yeah, no, I, I, I would. Yes, the, the the there's an entire book about how that the uh, the your your black Muslim bakery. I went to yeah. I went to high school with I, one of the guys who played football at high school married the daughter of the that guy who ran that cult and like killed a bunch of people. He was oh like he's God. in the family. He's a member of the family. Yeah, so that's, that's my that's my that's my uh, that's my upbringing, man. Those guys, those are some. I was like the Jew they liked. <laughs> the one. That's great. So much like Eddie Kingston, boys from the streets. Your boy Phil's from the streets. That's right. It's true, the streets of Berkeley. Yeah, streets of Berkeley. She's a Berkeley brawler, Phil Schneider. Yes. Um. <laughs> but no, this this match is great. You you did want it to put. This was like our most contentious argument of the year, I think, because yeah. you were you were dead set on this as number one, and I didn't see it as number one. Uh, 
you know, all the all these arguments look silly and, and specious in re- in retrospect, but this match captured you. You were and well, everything else on the show is 15 to 30. You know? And so yeah, these put they put so much story, so much heart and just it was it's it is a real near perfect 10 minutes. Yeah. And yeah, and it's you know, I I was I was very bummed that that I wanted this I wanted this feud to go on forever and they you know yeah. moved away from it immediately. But I mean there is something to be said for you could always go back to this. Right? That is an open this is an open wound that can always be you could revisit this at any point over the next five years. I mean, Eddie Kingston see, is probably the best guy at wrestling to just invent a beef out of nothing. So if you, any feud that you wanted to get Eddie Kingston in with, I guarantee he could come up with a compelling, believable feud with any guy. I mean, he's, he's, he's booking a Claudio. I don't think Claudio's side. I mean, maybe he is. Maybe he shows up at the pay-per-view this weekend. But Kingston's on Twitter booking, you know. Talking about Chikara based beefs he had with Claudio like ten years ago. He's like he, he keeps working, yeah. man. He does. He's not going to end up on dark, right? He's, he understands what he's got to do to keep keep a spot, you know, keep keep himself in the mix. Yeah, he is so smart. Uh, he really made that two that two point feud when it first started. I thought, man, this is they're side draining these guys. These they side draining to this elevation trios, <laughs> but he made that really work. You know what I mean? Oh, like, man. And then the Jericho, I don't, I don't. You know, I'm not. Jericho's not a guy for the most part that has done a ton for me over the years, really ever. <laughs> but uh, I think this is going to be pretty good this weekend. I mean, I would be. Sh- Kingston delivers so much that it's really shocking when he does not deliver with anything. Yeah. So yeah, now I just want to see yeah. uh, Chris Hero and Claudio come to AEW, and I want another Kingston Hero. <laughs> Fight. Yeah, seriously. You know they've had, they've had yeah. nothing but all-time classics. Let's. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah, and, and Kingston Claudia had some pretty great yeah. fucking matches too. Oh yeah, I mean those guys, those guys, those guys, had, and uh, you know I imagine Claudia's been sitting, you know, he's been sitting catering for a while, wondering why the fucking nobody's using him. I mean, I mean for a decade now, I guess really. Oh, man. So I'm assuming if that's where he's going, and I'm assuming he's not going to control his own narrative. I'm assuming he's. That feels like the move. Yeah. Well, like, um, Cla- like Kingston, I mean, I don't know what Shane Storm is doing right now, but I imagine he's fat, like, really fat now. And I kind of want to see Kingston just work at 2022. Every every Shikara guy that he busted up, bring him in. Just bring yeah. him all these old yeah. Shikara guys for Kingston to go after again. Let me see a 45-year-old tubby there than ever Shane Storm get his mustache. I mean, they got a lot of fucking, they got a lot of Chikara people. They do. I mean, AEW. That is a promotion full of, I mean, Quackenbush has got to think, man, if I just been able to keep my fucking shit together. (laughs) Nobody that starts a wrestling school uh, that invites, that trains women is ever going to keep their shit together. It's not going to happen in a wrestling academy. Poor Quack. What a guy. Would have been great to see Kingston <laughs> beating the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's. The, I mean, they had you know one of the great independent wrestling matches of the 20th century. Those yeah, twenty uh, first century for I sure. And, you know, not... Kingston somehow he's what he's. I think he's the same age as me. He's forty or forty one, and he seems like he's just rising. 
<laughs> it's 2022. Yeah. Like you said, once they they put him with 2.0 and Garcia, and it felt like a clear demotion. And by the end of that feud together, it did not feel like a demotion at all. He is elevating everyone that he gets in with, and those matches were great. Yeah, they were. They were. They were great. He's great. Um, I, he's, he's the best. I can't say enough good about Kings. Yeah, he's, I, he's I love him. I mean, he's, yeah. he's one of those guys. Like every single segment you want to watch, you'll watch Dark just to hear him do commentary. I mean, he's, you know, he's the best. <laughs> and uh, he's the best. I mean, it's it, it, you know, AW. AEW is a Kingston Punk Daniels Brian Danielson promotion. Uh, so much better than when it was like a Kenny Omega Young Bucks Cody Rhodes. When promotion. it's like Kenny Omega like Young Bucks private party promotion. Yeah, so much better now. The, fuck, a, the fucking Kip Sabian promotion. Yeah, it's the, it took a, took a minute to get together, and, you know. And I, I uh, bye bye Cody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of my thoughts about that. See you later. Enjoy, yeah, uh, bro. enjoy. Uh, so the number one, our number one. Yeah, let's, talk, let's talk about this. I, there's some other yeah. things. I think I, I, you know, before Danielson and uh, the first Danielson Adam, Adam Page hour long draw was in was in uh, wasn't that in was that in 2021 still or was that 2022 the hour long draw that was I think that was the beginning. Of 2022, the hour-long draw was 2020. That's I'm trying. To, there's been some good stuff, good bloody stuff that this in in the new year for sure. Uh, I mean, all the page stuff, basically. All the page stuff <laughs> this is all really good. We're gonna if we do this same theme next year, we're gonna be talking a weird amount of Hangman Page. Yeah, a lot about which it. Which is not a guy we've ever really talked yeah. about. So I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, why at some point in my mind, I've got sort of a. a uh, I've got a spreadsheet for Way of the Blade 2. That's not I've got a book that I'm working on now, so it's not that, but it'll be the next one. And uh I think Kingston the three matches the I don't think I'm gonna do Marvin Marvin Terry as I'm gonna be doing the match we're about to talk about now. It covers a lot yes. of the same things, but Knuckles Akira, Kingston Punk, that that's in those are in there. Uh for sure. And then of course this match. The number one match of the year. Um, yeah. Zona 23, December 5th, in a junkyard. Uh, the junkyard. The junkyard. Uh, a young, spry, 64-year-old Mr. Condor against a the 69-year-old Black Terry in... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't even know how to talk about this match. What in the fuck was it? It was, I don't know what, one of the, I don't know, 10 greatest brawls you've ever seen. I mean, are there 10 brawls in wrestling history that were better than this? Maybe not, right? Dude, this match was so incredible that you called me at 9 a.m. <laughs> one day, which is at least an hour and a half earlier than you've ever called me in, you know, 20 years. I thought something was wrong. Like if I get a like I if you got a call from me in the early I guess you're an hour ahead of me, but if I called you at 9 a.m., would you think that something was wrong yeah, or that probably. I was going to recommend like a Romano Garcia match to you? <laughs> I mean, you know? that was an appropriate time to call you for this. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I, I watched this match like, 3 times in a row immediately <laughs> when I came out. Like in the middle of like early morning. 
This match was so good that it facilitated a phone call between a good friend that I hadn't talked to in at least five years. Yeah. Not you. We got our buddy Will, good helmet, on a, on a three-way party line. I've been meaning to talk to Will. I love my dude. But, you know, it's, sometimes it's tough. And we probably haven't talked in four or five years. This match it, it brought it back. It brought back friendships. This is a reunite. I, we talked about how Terry has, you know, big uh, spots of his career where he wasn't making tape. Condor has spent at least a decade showing up in, like, you know, one-minute clips on, uh, you know, you click a link on, on Cubs fans page thinking you're going to get a Condor match, and it's, you know, a highlight of... I mean, I love Mr. Condor. He's never done anything even close to this, right? I mean, this is an outlier. Condor is amazing. I mean, I was the guy buying Romano Garcia DVDs from uh, Alfredo for the last 15 years, because when he would only show up a couple times on tape, like, I wanted to see all the, the Mr. Condor. He's He's long been one of my kind of... I, I really liked him. I had when I first started watching Lucha, we got Triple A and uh, uh, the Diabolicos were were easily my favorite Triple A act. So and Condor was the best of the Diabolicos. So I've always been into this dude. I just never would have guessed that he would just start showing up more in his sixties than he did at any point of his late forties through his fifties. He's had a nice old guy renaissance. And somehow is not even close to being the oldest guy in this match. No. I mean, it, this is... I, it, again, we talked a lot about how we can't believe what Black Terry has been do, is doing at this age. But this match... I, just... So Zona 23-something, I, I like it okay. It's a cool idea. And it's in, in my experience, it's been more of a cool idea than a, than a place that has incredible matches. Right? It's a junkyard... They do, you know, lots of guys will <laughs> slam each other in car hoods, and it's fun. Yeah, the the vibes are great. It's a great vibes fit. Yeah, the atmosphere is incredible. There's always somehow the hottest chicks at Zona Twenty Three. Yes, <laughs> it's always just total goon guys watching these grisly blood, and then there'll be just like a like a the hottest goth. Uh, Latina that you've ever seen, yeah. just standing there. It's like, what is this crowd? Like, I, it's a great vibe. And it's like where the goth. It's like I guess you know Morris is is been canceled, so the goth the goth Latinos have to go somewhere, right? It's like yeah. twenty three. <laughs> uh, this match, you could, with a straight face, uh, say that this has the greatest punch exchanges of any match in wrestling history. Yeah, that sounds like extreme hyperbole, but it is not. No, to get. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's it's certainly. I mean, you could, there are other, obviously, you know, there's other great punch exchanges, you know. But, but yeah, yeah, I mean, hell, what the hell, right? Certainly I the best I've seen in the 21st century. Condor throws so many of the best punches that I've ever seen. I mean, literally as fine as any punches I've ever seen thrown. And they weren't just, I'm going to hit you in the face and forehead as hard as I can. He was working in these incredible worked punches in between all the ones that were supposed to, you know, open up cuts. Right. So it wasn't just guys, you know, Mickey versus Akira. That was two people that were just shoot 
hitting each other the whole match. And it looked great because of it. This was two guys that, I don't know, might die if they shoot punched each other for a whole match. I mean, there's this extra, there's this extra sympathy that both guys had because, you know, it wouldn't be that shocking for the match to end with like, you know, a heart attack. No. In a match like this. This It it feels like a, a, a just as plausible as a pinfall. Yeah, I mean, the, the guys are... Terry's almost 70. Yeah. and That's nuts. Yeah, and... Uh, I... Uh, the the point where they both break beer bottles and kind of menace each other with them? Holy shit. That's... Yeah, I, mean, I mean... How old? Yeah. I mean, what the... It's just so great. I mean, what just... Just, right? a, just like, oh, oh, you're going to overdo beer bottles? All right, I got a beer bottle. It's fine. <laughs> how many men this old... Do you think have lost this much blood and not immediately been rushed to the hospital like their life was about to end? Yeah. Like you want them to get like, the pants, those like pants that you put on somebody. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is. These guys look like they were just going to die in a junkyard. Yeah. On purpose. Uh, it's, it's incredible. It's so. But it never. Uh, oh, there's. I don't even know what more to say about it. it I, all the praise that I've given this match feels like just the biggest hyperbole, but it's not. It's all right there. If people haven't seen this, and I know when we wrote this up as our, and you know, we did we even put this up on like the last day of 2021? Yeah, this is the 30th. It was right at the end of the year. Because this got released late. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was an early December match, but got released as like a, little Christmas yeah, JR wrote about it and Matt wrote about it. everybody wrote about it this was one of the few times where we've collected everybody possible that would want to write about this match yeah. we had like four or five people all writing on this one match because if there's a match this year that you want to do that it is clearly this one it's yeah it's it's I mean you know we were like going back and we said it's such a great year as far as for high end stuff right all Ten of the matches in our top ten are incredible matches, and yeah. Eddie Kingston Danielson, which we had at number one, is was is like just a, an absolute you know what we love about wrestling, right? Yeah, I mean Eddie Kingston Danielson felt like the given number one because two of my all time favorites, including my the guy who's been my favorite wrestler in the world for at least three four years now, right? In Kingston, had the match that. Like the best possible match that you would expect between Kingston and Danielson. Yeah. So that feels like a thing that's going to hold on to the number one spot. These two legends having a match even better than you could have hoped for. Feels feels like it could have stuck. Right. And I mean, Kingston Punk, again, I mean, I I, I, I loved even more, I mean, even more than that. And I was like, oh, yeah. you know, it's like, so, and then it was like, so you seem like, Oh, okay. This is the end of the year, and then this thing happens, and so you thought I was like, uh, you know, like I first watched, I, was like, I love this match so much; it's so good. Is this really our number one? Our number one is so great, like, and it's like you know, yeah. big TV match between you know, this is like this is, and that's like that. So we did it. So it felt like when we put this at number one, a little bit of the conversation was like, well, look, it's Segunda Kaida. It is what we are. This has got to be our number one. Yeah, and. You know, in hindsight, a couple months removed, like, now it just seems like, well, yeah, obviously. 
right and not yeah. not not out of some sort of like this is our blog and this is our the thing that we've we've been writing about Black Terry for for, for fourteen years and he's gonna have a match like this we're gonna put in there but no it's just this was the best thing this was it yeah. I mean it's not there's no argument about it right I, I mean, we might we might use the bottom part of our match of the year list to to put on the best performance by a favorite like pretty much if Fujiwara does a couple cool things in a match we'll find a spot for it at the very bottom of the list right you know british music magazines if paul weller comes out with an album that year paul weller's album is going to be towards the top of their best albums of the year list right like but this does not need any kind of uh oh we like these guys kind of boost like this match stands on its own like this is not getting any rub just because it's, oh, well, they're old guys. Oh, it's Black Terry. No, 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 no. This 100% earns the number one spot. The more you, yeah, like you said, two months removed, it seemed like the clear, obvious, like, we didn't really have a deep discussion about whether to put this at number one. We all felt when watching it, it was number one. But we'd had, you know, more time to sit with our other number ones. It's t- sometimes it's tempting to put the new thing right. as your number one. This was this did not need the new thing recency bias. This is a fucking fight. Yeah, it's so good. And I mean, it, it, I think it's on YouTube. I mean, obviously it's on IWTV, which you know folks should get a subscription to IWTV. They do doing so much cool stuff there, and you know it's a, something worth supporting. Uh, but I think somebody put this up on YouTube. I it's it's. it's This is a match so good that you could literally go down a list of the greatest wrestlers of all time or even the greatest brawlers of all time and straight face ask, you know, uh, did Dick Murdoch ever have a singles match this good? No. Right? Yeah. I don't think he has. I mean, I don't know. We obviously haven't seen every Dick Murdoch match. And, and there certainly could be Dick Murdoch matches we haven't seen that are this good. But I don't think he's got any match on tape. I don't fucking love Dick Murdoch. I mean, not his, yeah. not his personality, his political views or anything like that. But as a wrestler, <laughs> sure. Uh, I, I discovered views. Dick Murdoch through his political views <laughs> and like, then became a fan uh, of his This guy's, guy's yeah. making some really good points about mongrelization. Uh, <laughs> but I should probably invest. You know, you could go through. A list of all the greatest brawlers, all the greatest punchers, all the, and ask seriously, have they had a match this good? And most of the time, you would say no, they have not had a match this good. Yeah. And these guys are beyond AARP eligible. Yeah. I mean, Black Terry may have had matches this good. <laughs> I mean, I, Maybe. I, I don't. I think this is better than. I think this is the best Black Terry match. I either you know he's he's you know Wotan match is incredible you know the 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 you know Chico Che hair match the six man tag I mean, he's got such a list the Demas match but this is this I think's the best I mean yeah it's hard to say it's it's so good and it's such a like a pleasure to get you know oh, what I mean because yeah. there were clips of it God, this, this looks great this can't be as good as this though right no way even yeah if somebody saw the clips of this. Again, I've been watching 60-second clips of uh, Condor-Garcia matches for a decade now, and they all seem like they're good. But, you know, a lot of matches can look really good in uh, minute-long clips. Right. A lot of dirt. (laughs) 
<laughs> and we talked matches could look good. And we talked we talked about pace pushing, how you know what what was, and then you could tell in this match this was a match that did not was worked in a pretty you know it was it was not intense. a dull moment. Yeah, this was this was a match that I didn't you can't take your eyes off it. Like it's great to go in knowing nothing and see where they take it. And it's just kind of shocking how much they keep taking it. It's great. It is fully deserving of our number one. At the end of the decade, it could be the best match of the decade. Yeah, it wouldn't I mean, shock me. I don't know what it'll take to to beat this match. Yeah, I mean, it would be awesome if somebody did it, but it wouldn't surprise me. It would be Terry. Yeah, maybe, you know, I, I don't know who the opponent is. I don't know who, I don't know. I just have I, I have no idea what could possibly be better than this in pro wrestling. So, sagudakaida.blogspot.com is a place where you're going to meet both me and Eric. Eric a little more than me lately. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> Phil has the I, I take up the uh, the slummier parts of the internet. Phil uh, <laughs> Phil's the literal last freelancer in America getting paid to write. It's incredible. I mean, I may be like Theo. I may be. I may have. I may be. I've got the best wrestling writing job. <laughs> I mean, I, you know. I think, yeah. I think. I'd rather there do this thing than, as a wrestling writing job, other than you. <laughs> I guess Meltzer. Meltzer, Wayne yeah. Keller. Unless so you're going to be uh, starting a, your own. There's a guy on. There's a guy. This Sports Illustrated's got a wrestling guy. I think he probably gets paid. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, there are other wrestling people at the rigor, you know. Who, or the more podcasting than writing, but yeah, I get the best gig. I mean, I don't know how long I'll have it for, but got it now. So at least until baseball comes back, I assume. <laughs> right. Let's hope. Let's hope. Uh, so yeah, read Saguna Kaida. Eric's writing. Uh, I've got a book, Wave the Blade: Hundred of the Greatest Bloody Matches in Professional Wrestling History, which is available on Amazon. Uh, folks, should pick that up. Um, every Monday on the Ringer. I'm writing about the three best matches that happened anywhere in the world in the previous week. Uh, so please check that out. I think I should be doing uh, some audio for The Ringer coming up pretty soon, too. That seems like that's in the mix. Um, and then obviously every week I'm putting out Way of the Blade the podcast as well. So plenty of places to find me. Eric's writing a book right now that's going to be, uh, you know, I don't know if we're ready to announce it or not, but the, the most insane fucking thing that anybody's ever proposed ever. It's uh, so he's, he's doing that uh, and it, when it comes out it's going to be incredible uh, so yeah man uh, this this went long what? Uh, you've got a podcast you tell people about your podcast yeah I do a movie podcast with my, my buddy Charlie uh, we're, uh, I think we're entertaining we make each other laugh a bunch and we know a lot about movies uh, there's a lot of movie podcasts out there but we are weekly we have literally 140 episodes now and we're not slowing down. We have some great stuff coming up. We're releasing uh, Snake Eyes this week. So <laughs> we do uh, we do everything. We talk about high art cinema. You know, uh, we're gonna do a West Side Story episode. We do a lot of horror. Uh, we have now enough episodes that any kind of movie fan will be able to go. It's called So It's Come to This, a movie podcast. We're on Spotify, SoundCloud. Apple Podcasts, we got our own site. So check us out. Weekly podcasts, big content. It's fun. Right. Well, and yes, my book project, if it does not kill me, uh, will be incredible. Yeah. 
We'll talk about it more in the future when it's uh, even more of a completed work. Well, Eric, in, in like a decade when it's completed. I, I, we've been doing uh, stuff on Sagunakai together for a long time. Uh, and yeah. we uh, uh, and I pre- really appreciate it. I always enjoy talking to you, too. And uh, uh, we will be back next week with another episode of Way of the Blade. I'm like the Buck Henry of your podcast. Just a, a real guest drops out. You can pull me on at the last minute. <laughs> and, you know, I'll do guest hosting. It's great. I do a thing at the podcast where I close the podcast, Eric. You don't do fucking <laughs> post-close jokes. It's not how it fucking works. I'm going to leave in your Buck Henry, I Buck Henry joke because it's funny, but it kind of pisses me off that you did it anyway. <laughs>